This is Will Montgomery, former Washington Redskins center. Yo, what's good, folks? This is Trey Johnson, the headbanger, yo. And you're listening to Mess Hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate Ted. Word. What's going on, Rally? How you doing, man? Yo, what's up, Ted? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Man, another day in Commander Land. It's been a interesting one today. We typically record on Wednesdays if it's a Sunday game, but because we got a Monday night, we thought we would uh, record on Thursday. And it's a good thing we decided to push it because a lot of stuff has happened just in the last 24 hours. Well, you know, the fact is we need to have them wait a little bit. We just can't always just give it to them. <laughs> I hear you, man. We, you know, we got to make the people wait a little bit. You know, it's like when the, uh, I think I actually just saw on my, Facebook feed. I think I got my brand new Xbox this time last year on release day, waiting for it to come out and happen. So, you know, sitting outside in the cold back in the day when you have to sit out for those new copies of Madden to come out, it's kind of the same thing with the new mess hall episode. <laughs> anticipation, baby. Anticipation. Speaking of anticipation, the uh, DC Attorney General sent a statement out on Wednesday that he was going to have a press conference today. And for those wondering, it's Thursday, November 10th at 3.20 that we're recording this. So the team immediately reacted to the attorney general's statement and their external counsel decided to make a statement of his own. And the team does a lot, some good, some bad. This, this pissed me off, man. This made me leave my house today and take my commander's hat off and take my hoodie off because I was embarrassed. And let me read the statement for those that have not heard it or have not seen it. It says, less than three months ago, a 23-year-old player on our team was shot multiple times in broad daylight. Despite the out-of-control violent crime in D.C., today the Washington commanders learned for the first time on Twitter that the DC attorney general will be holding a press conference to make a major announcement related to the organization tomorrow. The commanders have fully cooperated with the AG's investigation for nearly a year. As recently as Monday, a lawyer for the team met with the AG who did not suggest at that time that the intended, that he intended to take any action and in fact revealed fundamental misunderstandings of the underlying facts. It is unfortunate that in his final days in office, Mr. Racine appears more interested in making splashy headlines based on offbeat legal theories rather than doing the hard work of making the streets safe for our citizens, including bringing to justice the people who shot one of our players. And if you're in the D.C. area and you listen to us, odds are you're listening to Sports Talk Radio, whether it's the Team 980, whether it's 1067 The Fan, WJFK. That's all everyone's been talking about is the team bringing Brian Robinson Jr. into this legal mess that they have going on with Washington, D.C. That's what pissed me off so much. And I know a lot of people in the area. Well, Brian Robinson Jr.'s agent came out and made a statement of his own last night, Ryan Williams. And he said, up until an hour ago, the commanders handled the Brian Robinson situation with so much care, sincerity, and class. Yeah. And I was so grateful for all of it. Although I know that there are some great humans in that building, whoever is hiding behind this statement is not one of them. 
and kudos to Ryan Williams for sticking up for his player. I mean, that's what an agent does. That's why he's getting his percentage of that guy's contract. But every single one of us fans was thinking the same thing. And if you're not, then something's wrong with you. Because to throw this young man into this fire with this mess that they created themselves and trying to deflect from the true nature of what's going on, in my opinion, is disgusting. And Jason Wright came out with a statement after the team's external counsel statement. And keep in mind, all of this is within a couple of hours of each other last night. While I'm hanging out at the Caps-Penguins game, watching us get our ass beat at Capital One Arena. And Double whammy, huh? Yeah, well, it at least took me away from this mess until I got back this morning and saw it. But Jason put, I just spoke to Chief Conti. He's the D.C. police chief, for those that don't know. Conveying how much we support the work of MPD, as well as public safety leaders and elected officials working to reduce gun violence and crime across the region. The earlier statement expressed our external counsel's ongoing frustration with the attorney general's office. As they have been noting, as they have been nothing but earnest and transparent in their communications with his team. The lawyer's legitimate frustrations with the AG should have been separate and apart from referencing the terrible crime that affected our player. Yeah. We're playing a football game on Monday night against an undefeated Eagles team. But yet this team has put itself in the headlines for off the field stuff again that have absolutely nothing to do with football. And it's starting to get to the locker room. It's starting to get to the players. And I know it's gotten to the fan base. It's, oh, yeah. it's affecting me. I mean, yeah. what did you think when you saw all these statements come out yesterday and today? I just felt that uh, we got Peter rolled. And Peter rolled, for those who don't know, is like a drum roll, except with punches. I mean, it was just one after the other after the other. And it's like, when will this end? All he had to say was, unlike crime in D.C. or he didn't have to name someone specific. And, and that's what bothers me. Like you said, you, 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 you called him out inadvertently and he, he's not even involved with it. You know, I, I had a I had a guy on, on Twitter today and shout out goes to all pro reels. All right. All pro reels take pictures of fans. Well, they, they took a picture. job. Yeah. Exactly. Love the job that they do. They took a picture of me. And so, or they've been taking pictures of me and, and they post them and I'm like, man, you guys did a great job. So last week in, um, last week for the Vikings salute game, to service, yeah. salute to service, I took a picture of one of their photographers and I said, Hey, just want to give one back to you guys. And, uh, for taking pictures of me. And some guy, I don't know who he was, he's like, today's the wrong day for that. And I'm saying, wait a minute, what does me paying homage to all pro reels have to do with what's going on in the news with the commanders? And they never answered the question, but, but that's how I feel. You brought the man into it. He's already got enough on his back as it is. There's no reason for you to bring his name. You shouldn't even have never even uttered his name, never. But yet you did to try to, like you said, to deflect and now all you're doing is for everyone that even was this much on your side, 
Now there's nothing on your side. Nothing. So now everyone's just ready to just, 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 just go ahead and leave. Just go ahead and go. Get it over with and, and do what you got to do because you, you, you made just even more enemies than you had before. And it's indefensible. There was no reason to bring this young man into it. So Coach Rivera actually called Brian Robinson Jr. last night. And keep in mind, back from his mother's funeral in California. And now he's got to take time to talk to his players and give them a heads up. And the team meeting today, he had to bring it up to them. So this was actually what Coach said in regards to all of this mess during his press conference today. Coming back to another situation. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious, you know, this, this one involves them using your player in a press release. And I am curious what your take on that was, what, what you thought of that. Well, I just think, again, that, that was something that's being held, you know, by Jason. Jason came out and made a statement last night and talked about it. And, and again, you know, just going forward, as far as we're concerned, it's interesting. I'm being sincere. I mean, we're trying to focus in on what's on the on the field. We can't control that portion of it again. What we control is the football aspect of it, what our players do, what our team does on the football field, and we're going to remain focused on that. Is, is it a little bit more frustrating because it does involve a player where now, you know, you had to talk about it in the meeting, then, you know, we'll, the player will get asked about it. Does, mm -hmm. that, does that make it a little bit more frustrating maybe? Yeah, because it'll be talked about. That's the honest truth. I mean, again, to me, it's, 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 it's a moot point because, you know, we control what we control on the football field. And that's what I told the players. Let's just focus in on what we do, what's important for what we do and how we handle things. And let's just say focus with that. Um, I know you guys are going to ask the question and, and, and somebody's going to ask me, well, what do you think about the distractions? Well, don't ask the question then. Leave them alone. Shoot, you, you guys know how everybody feels and, you know, everybody's putting it out there. So let's just focus on playing the game. I guess to that end, what was your sense of the reaction from the players knowing that one of their teammates had been mentioned in, in the statement? When I talk to the players, the players understand. The players seem to be in a good place. I have an open-door policy. If they want to come speak to me about it, I told them. I urged them to come talk to me. And to date, nobody has talked to me. You know, I talked to Brian last night, talked to him again today. Brian's in a great spot. I mean, Brian didn't understand, didn't understand what the big fuss was. I mean, Brian's also a 20-something-year-old young man at that point. So I'm not expecting him to make a big deal out of this. And I understand that Rivera has an open-door policy, but I'm not sure what player is going to go walk into his office and poke a fight about this because what's going to come out of it? It's not like coach is going to be able to stand up to Snyder and tell him, stop bringing my players into this mess because then that's just making even – a bigger story, but during the players' open locker room, this is actually what Charles Leno said to NBC4. Everybody wants to be PC, but of course it's upsetting. He should never been part of that situation, in my opinion. Um, that's just my opinion. I'm just going to leave it at that. He never should he be part of that. Um, his feelings and what he's gone through should be a completely separate deal. Did you reach out to him and talk to him about it? Oh, yeah, of course. Well, of course I talked to my team about it. Um, and he know where I stand with it. Yeah. Will this affect you guys? No, we can't let it affect us, man. Like I said, how many times have I said it? You know, like uh, it's always stuff around here, 
but you got to keep the main thing the main thing. And we want to just focus on playing football. It's very tough to do that, but it's our job. We got to go out and be professionals and get, uh, you know, eliminate the distractions the best we possibly can. You got to have be really callous here. I mean, talk about building up muscles. You've got to try and tune all that out. But B. Mitch was talking about earlier today. I mean, in his day, you didn't have Twitter. You didn't have social media. You didn't have a walking computer in your pocket that sends you alerts and things like that. How can you avoid that in today's world? And I don't think it's possible. I remember there was a time when the Wizards and the Capitals played a playoff game at the exact same time. It's like, who is the genius that scheduled dc's two sports teams and the hockey and basketball are in the same playoff cycle to play at the exact same time so i went to the wizards game because it was the home game and i dvr the caps game and turned my cell phone off and try to make it through everything so i didn't get a spoiler on who won that one i can't imagine doing that nowadays and now you're asking these players to not pay any mind when you literally have ESPN and all of these other avenues yeah. sitting down there with a microphone in your face or just talking about it on NFL network or any news outlet there is it's you can't help but let it get to you to a degree I mean you can't ignore it as a player you know everyone's talking about it you know they're getting asked questions about it and what's going on and today Benjamin St. Juice spoke to Le Journal de Quebec. It's a French-speaking newspaper. And St. Juice actually said this about Dan Snyder. And this was via Google Translate. He said, since I arrived here, it's been a dark cloud over our organization. Every time there is something good happening on the pitch, something bad is happening off it. It would give us great energy to have a fresh start and regain the confidence of the fans. That speaks volumes, bro. <laughs> and BSJ is a young player, he's what, a second year player? Yeah. So he doesn't have that veteran savvy and maybe that media training that he probably should. And I guarantee that the team is going to speak to him about this statement and making this statement out to, even if it is a you know Canadian newspaper, it's going to get picked up in national headlines. The team texts me when I make comments publicly and I'm not an employee. So <laughs> yeah. I know they're reaching out to BSJ about it. Yeah. I think, I think what he probably thought was, you know what, French speaking, no one will ever know the difference because so much other stuff flies under the radar, but nah, this one here, they're just the buzzers are circling, man. They're just looking for anything to peck on it. And as soon as deep dropped it, I'm sure they swoop right in because like you, I'm at work and I get all kinds of freaking questions, you know, walk down the street, people hit me with all kinds of stuff. So it's like, like you, if, if they're doing that to me, I'm not even a player. So I know that he's getting scrutinized, but the biggest thing is you say what you got to say. And you move on. So I'm sure they said to do their two cents and we'll focus back on the Philadelphia Eagles. It's, I hear you. I just don't know if it's as easy to focus on the Eagles this week with what the DC Attorney General just did. And this is a clip from his press conference 
that he had today at one o'clock. Today, we're filing a consumer protection lawsuit, a civil lawsuit against Dan Snyder, the Washington Commanders, the National Football League, and the NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. So the D.C. Attorney General, who is stepping down at the beginning of the year, is filing a civil lawsuit against Snyder, the NFL, and Goodell. And it's a civil protection lawsuit. For those that are wondering, during this press conference, that was maybe 30 minutes, and we talk about this and look at this stuff because we're giving fans cliff notes. I'm, I don't expect a lot of people to have sat through that press conference. It's not a fun thing to go through it. But to me, you have to be informed as a fan if you're going to talk about this stuff. And I'm sure people ask you all, just like they ask us, what in the world's going on? And during that presser, they said they reviewed over a thousand internal documents, including emails about the toxic workplace culture, the hostile work environment and everything that's been going on. And DC law allows them to file a suit against all of those individuals and the NFL because of its consumer protection basically saying that we were lied to as consumers in this region. And some people are going to say, why are they doing this? What's going on? And is this going to drop when Snyder sells, if he sells? Well, that question was specifically asked. And Attorney General Racine said, it doesn't drop as Dan Snyder is the owner. It's a civil suit against Daniel Snyder. So even if he does sell the team to you know, Jeff Bezos and Matthew McConaughey or whoever, Byron Allen, Snyder is still having this lawsuit filed against him. And yeah, he's, he's on the it hook, wouldn't yeah. surprise me if they filed a countersuit against DC. But after that came out, <laughs> this is just a statement, a, a day of statements. The commanders responded 45 minutes ago saying over two years ago, Dan and Tanya Snyder acknowledged that an unacceptable workplace culture had existed within their organization for several years, and they have apologized many times for allowing that to happen. We agree with AG Racine on one thing. The public needs to know the truth. Although the lawsuit repeats a lot of innuendo, half-truths and lies, we welcome this opportunity to defend the organization for the first time in a court of law and to establish once and for all what is fact and what is fiction? And this was from Josh Brownlee, counsel for the Washington commanders. So they're going to get a day in court. It's yeah. going to happen. And I know I've been saying, and you've been saying, all I care about is the truth. That's really the only thing that matters to me. We didn't get to see the marriage of white report because it was an oral report. I call bullshit, but whatever. Well, Stuff is coming out now in the AG's findings. There was a excerpt that actually came out today that Michael Phillips actually put on his Twitter. And it's, it's some disgusting stuff, man. Here's an excerpt that Phillips has. And those that are watching this on our YouTube, I'll put a screenshot here. But it says here in the AG report on page 12, one such event occurred at Snyder's vacation home in Aspen, Colorado in 2005 or 2006. After entertaining several employees at a nightclub, Snyder brought them back to his vacation home 
and the female employees were escorted to the basement for the rest of the night while the male employees remained upstairs. At one point, Snyder came downstairs wearing only a bathrobe and offered the women champagne. That same night, one female employee went upstairs and saw a nude woman giving a massage to a male team executive and saw another woman wearing only a bathrobe exiting Snyder's bedroom. The female employees did not know these women and believed they were sex workers because they had traveled on Snyder's plane out of state. Despite their discomfort with the executive's behavior, these females felt trapped. As if you couldn't think it wasn't going to get any uglier, it's about to. And I just can't wait for all of this to be over. Because if it is sold, then I don't give a damn about this being in the headlines after the fact. All I care about whoever the new owner is or what's going on. Yeah. Man, this is one of those those moments where uh, I want it to be over with. But at the same time, there's a, there's a there's a part of me that that so let me, let me say this: there's a part of me that wants to know exactly what happened. Like you said, we want full tr- transparency. But there's another part of me that says, okay, if in February he sells the team, I don't want to know about this. There's 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 another part of me that just does not want to know about it. If that makes sense. It does yeah, I, I mean I, for me? We'll we're, we will have moved on. Right. The women that were affected have not, and they can't move on, but we will have moved on as a fan base because he is no longer a part of our lives directly. He will be that, indirectly, but directly he won't be. That horror will always be with them. And, 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 you know, unless, you know, you have some type of counseling or, or, or whatever you need to do, you know, prayers to be able to, to get it out of your mind. Unfortunately, it, it never will. But as far as, the fan side of the house, like you said, we will have been moved on, ready for new beginnings. And so I, I continue to to hope that they can get past it, you know, by uh, being able to be compensated possibly. I really do. I hope so. If, if, if this these things that are said are true, then whatever they need to get past it, I hope that they can get it. As a fan base, once whomever takes over, our thoughts aren't going to be there. Our thoughts are going to be like, okay, finally, like, like some of the things that I heard in the parking lot over the weekend, ding dong, the witch is dead type of stuff. That's how we're looking at it. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only way we can look at it is I'm tired of getting asked about this dysfunction I'm tired of being embarrassed by all this off the field stuff this team brings upon itself. I just care about football. And then you've got Rivera telling the reporters, well, don't ask the question. Well, I would counterpoint to Rivera, tell your team not to make these stupid outlandish statements. And then the questions won't be asked. Yeah, definitely won't be asked. Well, going back to something else that you said that that they try to focus on football. Yes, this is difficult for players but ultimately they do play football and what ds did in 2005 should not affect your play in 2022 yeah i mean you can think about it but ultimately you know you weren't there you weren't here so there's a part of me that that says all right i can get past it 
because it didn't it didn't affect me. Yeah, the he's my owner. You know, he he owns a team. He's my boss. But I wasn't here then, and I got a job to do. And that job is to unseat the Philadelphia Eagles to give them their first loss. That's where their yeah. mind really should be, because none of them were here back then. I mean, they're going through it right now, obviously, because it's it's in the forefront, it's in the news. But they weren't here back then when it happened. So if I think that it, that that truly, if you let this bother you as a player, and I'm not trying to 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 shit, not you know, pay my respects to it, but as a player, this should not even be your focus. It it really shouldn't be. And I'm not saying that it's their focus. It's just you're hit with it. I'm hit with it. The fan base is hit with it. So imagine as a player when you're walking around, you know, Tyson's Corner on your day off mm -hmm. or you're just hanging out with your buddies and you're trying to step away with it and you've got them asking you questions. It, there is no way that it cannot distract you, but you try and move on. And this was actually Heineke during the press conference today. And the interesting thing to me is I stream and watch all the press conferences so I can cut them up for our show. This part was left out of today's press conference. And this is from J.P. Finley's Twitter when I guess J.P. was recording this before they hit stream on the commander's feed. Um, I was just kind of watching TV last night, It is a little bit frustrating, but at the same time, you know, we, we control what we control, and that's just going out and practicing every day, focusing on Billy. Um, that's all we can do, and, you know, honestly, every week it seems like something pops up, but um, us players, I think we do a good job of kind of just weeding that out and, and focusing on ball. Um, that's, that's what's most important for us. And that's really all they can do is focus on ball, and that's what's most important. And you're preparing this week to face the Eagles, they're undefeated. They're 8-0. This is the first time in their franchise history that they're 8-0. So they're obviously hyped up. It's going to be Monday night at the link. And I know you're going to be there in person. I'm hosting that watch party at Atlas Brewery down by Nats Park. And it's going to be an interesting game. And last show on Monday you were basically guaranteeing that the commanders were going to win that game. And I'm just going to go down a couple of stats, just a couple of different things. And I'm curious, you know, when we get down to it, are you going to double down on that? But from a player availability perspective, Jahan Dotson practiced today, and he was out there running some routes in individual drills. Chase Young practiced today, and this is actually what Rivera was mentioning about chase after the fact question chase young uh how did he look today and what what's your sense of his status for this week going into the monday game he looked good you know we we put him in pass for situations to watch him and uh, get a chance to go watch him on tape a little bit more and but he looked good you know i i, I just didn't focus on him i was trying to focus on on the whole unit as, as a whole but i did notice him a couple of times so it's good to see him moving around and moving as quick as he is uh we'll see how he is tomorrow morning You'll have to wait till tomorrow or the next day to yeah. determine about Monday. It'll always be about the next day, you know, they, 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 how much they work him, you know, uh, and, and then the next morning if he's sore or not or if he feels something uh, will help dictate as to whether or not we'll, we'll um, you know, we'll activate him or not. So there are some videos on Ben Standing's Twitter 
and some of the guys' Twitter feeds that were actually at the facility today versus the ones that were at the AG press conference downtown DC. And you can see Chase running around. He's got a brace on his right leg doing some individual drills. And Ron has always said, we got to see the next day, see how they react, see what's going on. And I'm very curious to see if we are going to get Chase. And if we do get Chase, I think he's going to be on a pitch count. And for those that don't follow baseball, pitch count means that he's going to be on a limited amount of snaps and different situations out there. So (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I I would hope it'd be more than 10 because why else would you suit him up and put him out there? But, you know, who knows? And Dotson, you know, he's got that soft tissue injury. He was out there a couple of weeks ago. And then you saw him pull up limp during practice. And so far, everything looked good today. The one person that we didn't see out there was Cole Holcomb. And this was Rivera talking about Cole. Um, Ron, with disregard to the injuries that we saw Jahan out there today, but we didn't see Cole Holcomb. What's your sense of uh, for them for this week? Well, Cole's going through, um, obviously, a lot of the rehab stuff that we have him doing. I, I know they had him running uh, on the Alter G and in the uh, in the pool. So um, we'll see how he feels tomorrow morning, um, and we'll go from there with Cole. All right. Who would you rather have? Let's just say you could only have one of the two. Would you rather have Jahan Dotson out there to help Taylor in the offense score more than 17 points, which is what we've been averaging, I think, on the dot the past three games he's been at the helm? Or would you rather have Cole Holcomb back out there knowing how he can help this defense potentially slow down that potent Eagles offense? Give me Jahan. You'd rather have Jahan? Give me Jahan. We need points. And and I say Jahan because I know it's a weak, weak league, but if I have to look back to what we did last week, I was satisfied with the defensive effort. Now, granted, the Vikings are not the Eagles, but if you can continue to put those same practices in play against the Eagles, we need playmakers. Definitely need playmakers, and, and we need to play smart football. So give me Jahan if he's 100% healthy. Yeah, let, I mean, on the hypothetical, let's just say they're both 100% healthy. They're both good and ready to go. And, you know, I want to agree with you with Jahan. I just don't know if we can slow down this Eagles offense without Cole Holcomb. Because when we played them earlier this season, they basically tried to shut down Hurts from running all over the field which they accomplished hurts didn't kill us with his legs like he did weeks prior to other teams he killed us with his arm he went 22 or 35 for 340 and three touchdowns i mean devonta smith made kendall fuller look like wild goose out there i mean (laughs) it was a drumming we got peter rolled (laughs) (laughs) exactly man and we we need the defense to try and slow these guys down. And Mitch Tischler actually tweeted this out earlier. The Eagles averaged 16.6 points in the second quarter alone. Just in the second quarter. We're averaging 17 points the entire game. So we can score points. We have to score points. That's the only way we're going to be able to keep up with the Eagles. But we've got to also be able to slow them down. And yeah, yeah. 
the defensive well, line. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so when Heineke came up, was Jahan playing? Uh, or was or was I he injured? I think he was hurt. I'm trying to see when he got hurt the first time, but I don't think he was in. Yeah, and so I think that if he's available and there's a different quarterback, because we know Wentz was the quarterback, and he's just not that mobile, but with someone who is is a little bit more mobile who can give that extra couple seconds that we need to get Jahan open, I I say points, man, because it's going to make them alter their defense. Yeah, and looking at this, Jahan has not played since uh, Taylor's taken over the reins with that Mm -hmm. injury to uh, Carson. And Carson got sacked nine times against the Eagles. So it's going to be a different game plan that the Eagles have because Carson's a statue. And we all know that Taylor is not. Taylor can evade pressure, and he's going to need to evade it this week because that Eagles pass rush is stronger than the Vikings pass rush. The mm-hmm. Eagles are actually allowing the second fewest passing yards in the NFL right now. And they have, let's see here, they've actually have more interceptions than they've allowed passing touchdowns. So Ooh. if you take <laughs> away, if you take away the referees helping us last week, literally by knocking out one of the defenders on the other team, Taylor only had hundred yards passing. And I understand you can't take away that long bomb to Curtis, but I'm not counting luck. That was luck. That was a four-leaf clover, you know, whatever the hell you want to call it, play. That was a freaking fluke. So Taylor had 100 yards passing. The Eagles are basically the on defense. They're the third total defense, and they're the fourth passing defense in the league, holding teams to 177 yards a game. Where they're mm-hmm. weak is their rush defense. They're letting opponents get 121 yards a game. So if we have a shot here, we're going to have to get Brian Robinson Jr. and AG moving. We just haven't been able to do it. And I I know why in my mind, but mm-hmm. what are you thinking is the reason that we can't get anywhere on the ground lately? Well, it brings us back to what we've said week one. We've got to have a better offensive line. I also think that a different scheme would help. And it goes back to what everybody's been saying. It goes back to what uh, Fitzpatrick and all the other quarterbacks have said. Scott Turner forced you to, to, to meld or mold into his system versus him molding to what you do well and at some point in time that narrative is getting kind of old man i mean come on scott help us help you because if we look good you look good and vice versa so get heineke more involved with those legs of his and for everybody that's saying well he probably doesn't want to do that because there's a possibility of taylor getting hurt well Wentz technically is going to be back for the next game. And if we now we don't want him to get hurt. So don't don't think I'm trying to say that. But if he by chance he did, you've been calling for Howell anyway. So Howell's ready. And if he goes 
and doesn't stink to join up hypothetically. You got Carson coming back next week compared to what everybody's been talking about. If, 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 if TH messes up, Carson's coming back next week against the Houston. So it's, it's, a, it's a win, win, win. Let the guy play. Unleash him. Let him play. You know, the last time we played an undefeated team from Pennsylvania that was 12-0, and 0, we came out and we beat them. I, I hear you, man. I just it's for Steelers. Yeah, it was the Steelers, and we beat them. But come, Ben Roethlisberger, I, I don't on, care man. who it was, bro. They were undefeated. Yeah, they, they were undefeated. undefeated. But Roethlisberger was trash. Roethlisberger was a shell of himself, and there is no you cannot make that correlation to these teams. The Philadelphia hey. Eagles are the favorite to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. The Steelers were and not they can be got as by, undefeated. And they can be got by and they can be got by one game too. Yeah, I'm, not they saying, I'm, not, I'm not saying we're going to the Super Bowl. I'm saying that we have an opportunity to beat the Eagles. Any last given week, game you do, yeah. Sure. Last last week, the blueprint, Houston gave us the blueprint on what to do. Can we follow through with it? I don't know, but I'm gonna root for my team as much as I can for them to. And Houston still I, lost by what 10 points? They did, but what kind of we, blueprint's that? It, it showed us what to do as far as running the ball. And if we can do better with our feet and mix, mix in some passes to our players, I, I feel that I told you last Monday, and I'm, you know what? I'm going to say it again. It's any given Sunday, and I, I feel that we can beat the doggone Eagles, man. We can. Yeah, they're, they're the number one team. They are. But they got a target on their back. We don't have a target on our back. We should be able to play loose, go up to Philadelphia, and beat these dudes, man. It's going to be hard. It is. But if it rains, like Mother Nature's saying, that ball can be wet, hey, man, anything can happen for a victory. Yes, anything can happen. Any game, you never know what's going to go down. But I am not a fan that deals with and looks at games as well we did this years ago so we might be able to do it again that there is absolutely no correlation to that team that coaching staff that game plan to what we're going to face this week and yes the titans not titans the texans scared philly but you know what they were talking about in philly the day after it was a 14-point spread, and they were pissed off that they only won by 12. They were <laughs> in that game. They were never truly scared in that game. They were basically playing with their food. They let off the gas. This is a Monday night game against our division rival. The Eagles don't consider us their rival. They own this as an actual matchup against us the eagles rivals the cowboys and i hate to say that to all the commanders fans slash redskins fans slash whatever we call ourselves now out there but we're not their rival they're seeing this as a chance to prove to the rest of the nfl on monday night football on a national stage that they're a team to be reckoned with and i hope you're right but hope is not a strategy i am trying to think of a way where we can actually keep this game close, I just don't see it. 
clock management, getting getting first downs on third downs to keep the time of possession on our side of the fence, man. I know it sounds easier said than done, but clock management, a couple of nice passes here and there, no turnovers, and I don't want to hear, well, TH is going to give us one, so let's go ahead and get that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. That's the recipe to win every game, though. I mean, you need to convert third downs. Okay, I get that. You can't put yourself in third and, you know, third and long. Okay, I get that. You have to win a turnover battle. Okay, I get that. But during Taylor's run at quarterback and the same thing with Carson's run at quarterback, we haven't done any of that. We shoot ourselves in the foot with stupid penalties. And next thing you know, instead of third and seven, it's third and 12. Or you've got Scott Turner that calls a bonehead dumbass play that takes us from second and eight to now third and 15. You've got Heineke and shotgun who's already five, six steps back. Then he backs up seven more steps and basically takes himself out of a play. It's those things. And we have to play a perfect game. That's what we have to ask of this team because we don't have the better coaching staff. We have the better wide receiver core, Maybe, but we don't have the better quarterback. We don't have the better defense. The defensive line is playing well, but our secondary isn't better than Philly's secondary out there. And we've got to play all three phases perfectly. We cannot afford to make mistakes. And can I count on this team to do that going into the link in a raucous stadium on Monday night? the crowd noise that's going to be there, those disgusting fans that are going to be there. <laughs> I just think it's going to be a little too much for them to handle. And it's like quicksand. Just going back to that from the replacements. Are they going to allow themselves to get swept up into it? Or are they going to overcome? And are they going to stop that snowball effect from happening and things compounding and compounding and compounding? I mean, Yes, everything you said, we got to run the ball. We have to keep clock management. Well, their defense is 12th in the league on third down. They're holding people to 38% on third down. We were, what, three for 10 last week? I might be off a little bit on third down. We just haven't been doing well on third down at all. And I'm not even talking about it all being third and long. Scott Turner's play calling has just been atrocious. When it matters, I mean, we talked about that fourth and one Mm -hmm. where he's making Taylor boot and roll out. And next thing you know, you're eliminating half the field and half of your options. You know, from a penalty perspective, we only had three penalties last week for 26 yards. So it's not like that was killing us. Time of possession, we had the ball for 30 minutes. They had the ball for 29 last week. So we won time of possession. The problem is third down efficiency. We were three for 10. We're not doing well. On third down, and that's the money down. You got to keep your defense off the field. You got to convert. And limiting limiting turnovers, man, I I don't even want to say what I'm thinking right now because say it, bro. Say it. It's the mess hall. Say it. The person in the beginning of the year that we were all concerned about turning the ball over hasn't turned it over. AG has been good with the rock, right? Yeah. So from that side of things, you know, you have a little more confidence now because he's had several games where he's been good. He has been coughing it up, but it's Taylor 
just being indecisive with the ball. And he didn't play against the Eagles last year. He had COVID. And then the other game, I don't think he was starting or maybe he was hurt. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he didn't, I don't think he played against the Eagles in 2021. Uh, I'll have to go back and look. I think, wasn't that the first game that uh, the first play that old boy got hurt and then Taylor came in off the bench? So he might have not played or might might not have started against them, no. put it that way. Yeah, he didn't start, but I think I think Fitzpatrick got hurt and then he came off the bench, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't that the first play of the game? Or No, week one, the Eagles played the Falcons last year. We played the Chargers. That's when uh, the Chargers, it was the Chargers. Okay. Homeboy got hurt. So I'm trying to remember when we played the Eagles last year. But what I'm saying is the Eagles haven't really had to game plan for Heineke. And looking at their past opponents, we played the Giants in week two last year. So I don't remember exactly when it was that we played the Eagles last season. And it doesn't really matter. But looking at the Eagles' past opponents this season, this season in general, I mean, have they had to go up against a running quarterback? I mean, they played Kyler Murray on October 9th, and they won 20-17. to I would say Kyler is probably your closest comparison to who Taylor is from a quarterback perspective that can also use his legs. The thing is, Taylor hasn't been using his legs. The Packers had a spy on him the entire game. So... He didn't really run because of that spy, but we didn't really need to. But other than that, he hasn't been using them in general. And is that because of Scott Turner? Or is that because Taylor castrated himself and took his legs away? I don't know. But I'm on record. Carson's coming back, and this is going to be Carson's team again. Because Taylor has not proven that he deserves to be the starter with the numbers he's put up. There's nothing that tells me that Taylor deserves QB1 if you just go back and look at the numbers, not the wins, the actual numbers itself. Because we're winning because of the defense. We won those three games because of the defense, Mm -hmm. not because of Taylor. Other than a Hail Mary YOLO ball against, what was that? Who the hell? The Colts. The Colts. Colts, The the Colts and then the, the YOLO ball last week. Yeah, it's... It's going to be interesting, man. And I I don't want to take Philly, but how can you not take Philly? You know, how can you not I say? You. I hear you. You know, trying to, you trying to you trying to convince me to change my pick, man. Nah, man, your pick's your pick. I mean, I'm I would here. never do that. So, <laughs> well, it's working. <laughs> I hope you're right, man. You know, if everyone and it reminds me and i've referenced it i've referenced it multiple times on the show when i was in philly for a monday night game and i drove up there and they brought rocky sylvester Stallone on the field and everybody in the world thought that we were going to lose that game just the difference is we're not playing offense right now our offense is just luck boxing their way into points if you just go back and i understand you can't go back and you can't take the play away we really only scored 10 points last week. If the referee doesn't knock our guy down, that's an interception. So the offense needs to do something. And I just, the other thing that's going against us is they've had 11 days off to rest and prepare for this game. So that's Agreed. the other part of it is Agreed. they played that Thursday night game against the Texans. And then after that, 
they've had nothing to do other than get ice and hang out and relax and get ready and watch film on us. So if we were going into a short week, into a Monday night matchup against them, I would feel a lot better. But the fact that they've got extra time to prepare for Scott Turner's confusing offense that doesn't do well at setting things up, convince me to go on your side, bro. I mean, why should I think we're going to actually pull this out other than we did it in 2020 against Ben Roethlisberger, who retired later that year? Well, as I said, I feel as though even with all the, the noise in the background, I I feel as though the onus is on the Eagles. It's It's been the whole season, all right? Everyone is trying to shoot them down. Here we are. We've got the doggone David and Goliath syndrome. All we got to do is just play football. It's going to take Scott to really open that playbook up, or not necessarily open it up, but change some things. You've got your core plays, obviously, but maybe read option. And I know you said they had a spy on, on uh, TH, but read option. Don't have him lose the game for you. Have him win the game for you by calling plays that accent his abilities. I'm I'm ready for something to happen with our offense. And maybe this isn't the week that it happens. Maybe it is. But you just can't continue to stay the same. If Jahan is back, which I'm not putting all the marbles on him, but if he's back, he gives us an extra oomph. I'd almost be willing to say, hey, man, bring in Howell as well. Do something different. That's, that's my biggest thing. Do something different. You've got your base plays, but add on to it. We know what Gibbs did, and I know this isn't Gibbs. But I shouldn't even brought that up. Hit him so, close. So, so strike, strike that. But what I, was, what I was going with that is Gibbs had his base plays, but they built off those base plays. We've got base plays build off those base plays and tweak them do something different show what it looks like it's going to be this set and run something different in that same set that's all i'm saying is it going to be is it going to be hard to win yeah it's going to be very hard the crowd's going to be loud i mean philly's crowd is always loud and proud and i don't blame them well they're right now i mean they're even louder now and everyone was waiting for this to be the Carson Wentz revenge game. And, you know, obviously that's not there, but they don't need motivation to be loud. It's just from a play calling perspective, not even just coach Gibbs, you know, Jay Gruden would call plays and then show the same formation and the same motion, but hit you with an okie doke and completely have another wrinkle out of it. Scott Turner must use a ton of starch when he's doing a close because he's got no wrinkles at all in his offense. It's all just so vanilla and plain. Nothing sets anything up. And if we're going to win this week, my offensive key player is going to be the tight ends. It's going to have to be Logan Thomas because the Eagles are going to take away our receivers. They're going to take away Terry or do their best to try and take away Terry but our tight ends have done nothing all season so 
it leads you to believe that no one is scared of them. No one's scared of that scene top to Rogers or to Logan. And maybe Logan just wasn't ready to start the season off and he came back too soon. Who knows? Speculation. But I do know he hasn't looked like the same player since before his injury last year. Oh, agreed. Yeah, and definitely agreed. The offense is going to have to take advantage of the middle of the field with the tight ends to open things up because they're going to stack the box against us in that run game. And we're not going to get a chance until we prove that we can hit them over the top. And when I'm saying over the top, I don't mean a bomb to Curtis or to Terry. I mean, hitting a tight end, maybe on a 10 yard seam or an inside slant to hopefully get those linebackers to back up off that line of scrimmage. So B Rob and AG will have some room to actually run and maybe get some of those slow ass command linemen up to the second level and block a linebacker for a change. Cause that's what we're going to need to actually win this game. Well, what scares me, what you said about going across the middle, we know that TH can't see across the middle and it's a wing and a prayer. So I don't like that. I mean, if there's, if there's a way that we can get him out of the pocket area so they, he can have a clear line of sight. Okay. That might work for me, but but man, he just can't see. And we saw that. And when he can't see, he sails the ball. And we saw that last week. We've seen it even in 2021. So um, I, I don't I don't like that. I mean, I, I like the concept of what you're saying, but it scares me when I when you when we have to throw things over the middle because all those guys gotta do is just jump up and bat the ball down. And he knows that. So because of that, he has to try now compensate to throw the ball a little bit higher. Then, then them jumping up in the air, which now means the ball's going to sail, which now means someone's going to be out of position and it'll be an interception, a trifecta, and I don't like that. I hear you, but as an offensive lineman, you've got to keep the defender's hands down. You punch them in the stomach. You do what you got to do so they put their hands down at that point. And as a play caller, Scott Turner has to basically – dictate where the defense is going to go they're probably going to be playing a lot of zone so we're going to have to find holes in that zone for Taylor to try and pick apart and Jay Gruden was on with this was uh Russell and Medhurst talking about well why don't you move the pocket why don't you roll them out why don't you do some bootlegs and things like that and Jay said the reason why you don't do that is because you're limiting eliminating one half of the field and you're shrinking down the amount of options Taylor would have from an offensive perspective, which is 100% true. That's what happened on that fourth and one where we booted him out, rolled him out, and Taylor didn't have and does not have a strong enough arm to make those tight window throws. And that's what you're going to get on a bootleg is those tighter window throws because the defenders are rolling with you and following. So he can slide left and right there are throwing lanes there are passing lanes you just need your offensive linemen to do their best to give him a chance to see those lanes and I, i'm terrified that yeah he's going to overthrow logan thomas again or something like that's going to happen mm -hmm. but you just got to hope that this young man doesn't and the key thing here is taylor now not just this past week but more so this game is playing for his next contract he is a free agent at the end of this season, he is putting up film for the rest of the NFL. I unfortunately think Ron Rivera will be back here next year. I don't think we're getting rid of him. He's got two years left on his deal. And the reason why I think he's going to be back is a Snyder 
doesn't fire coaches left with two years on their deal because they get paid everything. So if Snyder is truly selling the team, why would he want to pay Rivera's contract out of his pocket right now? He would make that the next owner's problem. And B, I think Rivera is going to be here because the next owner that's going to take over, if it happens, is going to take over in March, the new league year. They're not going to clean house in March when you've got the draft and free agency and everything else coming up to bring all that upheaval. So most likely, Rivera is going to be back on that last year on a lame duck season. So I think that means Taylor is going to be back as the backup and potentially fighting for that QB1 spot, assuming that we don't keep Wentz and Wentz doesn't show us anything. But if Taylor really wants to earn himself a contract, this Monday is his only guaranteed game he has the rest of the season. And that motivation right there is why he has to be my words collectible signature player of the week. And I know I chose him last week and he let me down big time. He let all of us down big time, but he's not just playing for one game. He is playing for the rest of his career to a degree this Monday. And can he handle that pressure? I don't know. Well, I got to tell you, you took my Woodbridge collectibles player of the week because ultimately it's going to come down to him. It really is last week. He lost it. No matter how many different ways you want to slice it. I know team football is a team sport, but it's also an individual. And yeah, PC, we lost as a team. No, last week we lost because of TH. We did. There is no easy way to cut it. That Right down the pipe, TH lost us the game. Throwing that pick at the, at the most inopportune time. Now, I know that it was 10 points, so they had two scores that they had to come back from. But that one, if, if, he, if he does the RG3, meaning first read is gone, run, we're in that ball game. And that's something else that I need to talk about. If the first read ain't there, tuck it and run it, bro. <laughs> tuck it and run it. Live for another day. Don't, don't, don't do anything stupid. So... We're, we're going to agree with the, with the, with the uh, Woodbridge Collectibles uh, player of the week. This is the first time we've taken the same player. And I'm hoping that's a sign of good luck because there have been times where you hit, there's been times when I've hit and times that we both completely missed. But he has to have that signature play. He has to be that guy to put this team on his back. And Last week, that pass to Logan, where he had a pivot route open underneath him, and Taylor was trying to go for the bigger play. Taylor was trying to go for that bomb that he just didn't really need to do, and I'm hoping he mm -hmm. learned his lesson, and he's learning to, you know, live another day. Yes. Yeah. We, we need him to be the best Taylor Heineke. We need him to be the Taylor from that Tampa Bay playoff game that – played without fear and he did not play that way during this three-game stretch because he couldn't afford to get himself hurt because Carson wasn't coming back in well now knowing that his back is against the wall go out swing go out saying. swinging and kicking and whatever you got to do to try and pull out this dub because so let me ask you this, this let yeah. me ask you this so, so let's say he goes out he balls right but he, we still lose is, is it still going to be Wentz's team? 
All right, give me give me stats. How's he balling? I mean, okay, let's say let's say we lose by a point, but but he brings us he brings us back. I mean, he, his completion percentage is off the chain. Everything's off the chain with him. But but we still take an L. But he looks, we're like, God dang. Okay, let's say it's the TH from playing against uh um He hasn't the, had a good game. No, no, no. I'm saying back in the playoff game that, he, that we just met the Tampa. He plays like he played in Tampa. He has a good game like that, even though we took an L. Is that going to be enough to for the coach to say, hey man, I'm gonna keep you because I don't think that Wentz can do what you did. I don't think he keeps the reins. Okay. I, I think regardless of how he plays, I think that Carson is coming in and taking over the locker room because of they're paying him $28 million. And I know the, the money should not matter, but they're paying him $28 million. And they still don't know if it's a good investment or not. He's on the hook. We we all agree that it's not, and he shouldn't be here next season. But the coaching staff is so bullheaded that they have not made up their mind, and they're going to blame it on different things. They make up their own false narrative, just like I put that video up of the John Ridgeway penalty. Rivera saying he doesn't know what you're talking about. Well, it's plain as day that you know he was at fault. Well, it's plain as day to us that Carson Wentz might be a successful quarterback in the league still, but not with the offensive line you constructed for him. You need a quarterback like Taylor or a Jalen Hurts or a Kyler Murray. You need someone with legs that can get away from the pressure because your linemen cannot protect. He's getting hit or pressured every five snaps, I think is what it said. And if that's Carson, we're going to have another nine-sack game like the Eagles had beforehand. I just think that they're going to let Carson go in against the Texans because the Texans are an easier matchup and they're going to want to see what he can do regardless. And then after that, you've got the Falcons who aren't world beaters. And it's the, the wife the makes Falcons, me, the, the Falcons aren't playing bad though. I mean, they're, they're not playing they're, bad, but they're not, you know, they're not a freaking contender out there. They're in a horrible division. You know, the NFC South is not really doing too well this year. I'm trying to think of what the Falcons are on the power rankings. I mean, the Eagles, I think, are number one still. And the Falcons are, let's see here, 17. The Jets 18th. had an epic win. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. And I, I don't want Taylor to lose the reins. And he put up 306 yards with a touchdown and an interception. He was 26 of 44 in that Bucks playoff game, and he had six runs for 46 yards and a touchdown. If Taylor's throwing 40 passes, we're losing the game. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you've got, in my opinion, you got to keep his attempts down to 30 right around there, and you've got to feed your two workhorses and see what can happen and go from there. But I do think eventually that we'll see Sam Howe at the end of the season. And we're going to go through all three of our quarterbacks because the next three games will determine if we stay in this playoff hunt. If Correct. we go two and three over the next three, we still got a chance to survive. If we don't, then on to the drawing board again, and we'll see what happens for next season.
Well, it starts in four days, bro. It does, man. We just, we got a couple more games to go through and the schedule isn't as crazy after this one. But on my end, man, I'm just, I'm hoping these guys rise to the challenge. I'm hoping that they drown out some of this mess. And I think a road game is what the doctor called for, if you will, because you're gonna have that entire stadium against you. And I'm hoping that that bands these teams, these players together. You know, you get a band of brothers out there and that's the extra motivation that they need to try and head back down 95 South with that win. And the same thing with you, man, while you're up there. Definitely, definitely. And I feel that we're gonna be up for the task. We may not come back victorious, but we're gonna be up for the task. I will always bet on them because they are my squad. Not just because I'm being a homer, but uh, it can happen, bro. I got faith and we're gonna four days or three days in a wake up be victorious in Philadelphia. So what's your final score? Yeah, my final score is the defense is gonna hold Hurts to, to 19 points. 19 points. 19 points. The defense is going to hold the Eagles 19 points, and we're going to squeak out 21. 21 to 23. So they're scoring 16 points in the third, in the second quarter, and you think we're going to hold them to 19? Understood. 19, brother. I hear you, man. I wish I had your optimism. I'm, uh, I don't think the Eagles are going to beat us by, I think, what the spread's 11. If I had to take the commanders plus a spread, I'd do that. I think the Eagles are going to put up 28. I think we're going to put up 10 and it's oh. not, not going to be as close. I just, there's nothing just that 10? shows me. Just 10, bro. We should have only put up 10 last week, man. And this is going to be in a primetime hostile environment <laughs> versus being at home. I, I hope I'm wrong, bro. I really do. I hope we have a victory Tuesday and we get a chance to celebrate and you can say, I told you so, and all of our listeners can say, I told you so. But being realistic, that's what I got to go with, man. And I, I hope I'm wrong because there's the do theory. These guys have all the weight and all the pressure on them and none on us because everyone's expecting us to lose. I just think it's a different Jalen Hurts. I will agree with you on that. This is a different Jalen Hurts, uh, and, and and he's he's smelling himself right now. He could do no wrong. So, hey man, get that pressure on him, knock the ball out, get a couple turnovers. This can be a Washington Commanders football game. We're gonna have to have a Montez strip sack. We're gonna have to score on defense because this offense does not give me faith that they can put up points, and they just haven't. And we were close. Benjamin St. Juice had his first sack last week, so maybe a nice little corner blitz with BSJ going up there, taking all that aggression you have with Dan Snyder, screwing everything up for you, out on Jalen Hurts. And maybe take advantage of that and strip sack fumble for a tutty would be nice, man. Something will happen. Something will happen. It'll happen. Something's going to happen, bro. The, the levee's going to give way and the floodgates are going to open in Philadelphia. Even if it's with the hurricane that's coming. <laughs> hey, but look, on that note, that's going to do it for another week of the DMV Mess Hall. You got Tailgate Ted. You got Rally Captain. 
And no matter what, you guys, you got to rep it hard or don't rep it at all. And this is going to do it for the Commanders versus the Eagles. We'll be out.